1: They're not okay. I I'm, I'm telling you right now. If you have a girl on your social media who posts her horoscope every day in her story, they're not okay and you should check on them.
2: They're not. <laughs> no, I I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that. I mean, I post a lot of astrology shit, but my horoscope every day, every day just is not every one. day. The thing is it's not it's not just the horoscope. It's not even directed towards the person. Mm-hmm. It's just a general. Also, quote. my
1: horoscope is for me,
2: for not me. for everyone. It's
1: I don't need you to know about my horoscope and how I'm gonna be reacting to. Like, I mean, the people on the show do because it's what we do. But like, no, I'm you're right. Saying, like,
2: you anyway. right, guys. Guys, welcome to paranormal. If you have a friend that posts their horoscope every day, check, check on, them. on them. Yes, <laughs> check on them.
1: Welcome back to paranormal.
2: <laughs> we can judge. You can't.
1: <laughs> I'm
2: Marie. I'm Nicolina.
1: And we're here to tell you ghost stories. We are. Uh, but not today, actually.
2: Well, we're here to tell you fucking paranormal shit. <laughs> and frankly, these stories are a little a little spooky. A little weird. A little a odd. A little strangey. They are, this was a um, patron request mm-hmm. from our witch level patron, mm-hmm. Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is a twin. Yeah. So she wanted to hear some paranormal stories about twins. twins. Yeah. So we're doing that.
1: Yeah. And uh, shout out to our new patron, Jules, who started donating to
2: us. We love you. And, and you sent off some of the
1: stickers. stickers people who's-
2: yeah who have
1: donated and uh, thank you cards to the people who have donated, et cetera, et cetera. So some of you should be expecting uh, some stuff in the mail from us. Yeah.
2: And when you, uh, when you get your stuff, send us like an Instagram at paranormal pod with like pictures and stuff. And we'll share it to our story and tag you.
1: Yeah. And uh, we're going to be doing a giveaway soon. Yes. For our patrons. So if you're not uh, a patron yet on Patreon for us, you can sign up and donate as little as a dollar, a dollar a month, and uh, you you'll get entered into entered into our giveaway for uh, October, for the end of October. So. Um... Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled because we'll obviously be posting about that on our social medias.
2: Yeah. My mom even asked me if she could have this giveaway prize. <laughs> and she's like, I'm like, well, we need to it's do... A- highly exclusive. It's highly exclusive. <laughs> yes. She's like, oh, I love that. Can I have one? You're
1: not allowed. And I was like,
2: I don't know. Maybe. I'll it's think about it.
1: Especially for Halloween. Like, it's going to be good. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Yeah. So we're going to do our horoscopes yes. now. Um, I've got yours. Yeah. Uh, I will read yours right now.
1: Good, because I didn't pull yours up.
2: (laughs) You're a bad friend. (laughs) I am. Okay. Try not to get too frustrated by the indecisiveness that plagues you today. The longer you stand still, the harder it will be to get moving. The key is to find a balance between planning and forcefulness. There's an incredible need for you to make progress now... If you're met with resistance, you could probably just back off for now. Fighting won't yield positive results. Highly, highly, highly relevant. Highly
1: relevant. I'm in the middle of knitting a commissioned piece <laughs> for a friend. Okay. And I feel like I've been working on it forever. And I was just like,
0: you Fuck need this. to
1: finish this. Yeah. It needs to be done. Okay. Sit down and get it out there. Yeah. So highly relevant. Yes, absolutely. All of it re- relevant. Um, dope. Okay. Yours. Mm-hmm. Okay, so your plans meet with harsh opposition today, Leo. You've been going along at a slow and steady pace, but you will find that abrasive tension arises the more you try to force your will on others. Gridlock is quite likely due to the fact that there are strong forces coming to a head. Neither one of them is in the mood to yield
2: now. Um, I don't, I don't know. I... <sighs> Maybe, like, I don't really know what that means. I'm not really sure what it's talking about yeah, here. Like, know. there's like, is it work related? Is it, it relationship say. related? Is it just like a general vibe? General like vibes. I can feel, I feel that general vibe. Like, I feel like there's, there has been opposition and like things getting in the way of, um, like work being completed or like even, um, Like we've been working like crazy the last little while. And like, it feels like the minute I get a break, he's working and vice versa. So yeah, I don't know. I really don't, I guess like, sure. Yeah. Like that's just the most general fucking horoscope. So I just don't really know, but I feel like it was sometimes they be like that. Sometimes they be like that. Yeah. There's some opposition in the air. I don't know. Whatever. It's also in retrograde
1: right now, are we not? Yeah.
2: So like everything's in opposition right now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So... All right, cool. Cool, 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 cool. All right, so we'll get right into it then. As we mentioned before, we're doing a twin episode. So I chose to do the story of the Gibbons sisters. So June Gibbons and Jennifer Gibbons were identical twins. They grew up in Wales and they became known as the silent twins because they only communicated with each other. They began writing works of fiction, but later turned to crime. Both women were admitted, both women, both women <laughs> were admitted to Broadmoor Hospital where they were held for 11 years. June and Jennifer were the daughters of Caribbean immigrants Gloria and Aubrey Gibbons. The Gibbons family moved from Barbados to the UK in the early 1960s. Gloria was a housewife and Aubrey worked as a technician for the Royal Air Force. The couple had a daughter who was born in 1957 and a son born in 59. In 1960, their dad went to stay with a relative in Coventry and soon qualified as a staff technician. The rest of the family followed several months later. The twins were born on April 11th, 1963, at a military hospital in Yemen, where their father had been deployed at the time. The family soon relocated to England, and then in 1974, they went to Wales. The twin sisters were inseparable, and their language, which was a sped-up Bajan Creole, made it difficult for people to understand them. They were the only black children in the community, and they were ostracized at school, and it proved to be traumatic for the twins, which eventually caused the school to dismiss them early every day because they wanted to avoid them getting bullied. Okay. So around this time is when their language became even more unusual. Soon it was unintelligible to other people. Mm-hmm. Their language was an example of cryptophagia, which is a phenomenon of a language that had been developed by twins that only the two children can understand. Oh, So it's very specific, yeah, yeah, to yeah, twins, yeah, yeah. which was apparent by the twins' simultaneous actions, uh, which often would mirror each other. The twins became increasingly reserved and eventually spoke to nobody except for each other and their youngest sister, Rose. While the language started out as a game, it went on for so long that both girls felt the secret language had trapped and isolated them. June expressed this in a diary entry where she says, we are both holding each other back. There is a murderous gleam in her eye. Dear Lord, I am scared of her. She is not normal. She is having a nervous breakdown. Someone is driving her insane. It is me. Yeah. So the girls kept going to school, although they refused to read or write while in school. In 1974, a medic who came to give vaccinations at the school noted that they, they were acting strangely and ended up notifying a child psychologist. The twins began seeing multiple therapists who tried unsuccessfully to get them to communicate with others. By the age of 11, the girls had begun walking in sync around town. This is really, this is really strange. When they walked down the street, their steps were perfectly matched. But if anyone dared to look at them, they would freeze completely until the passerby looked away. Could you imagine seeing that in real life? I'd be like. I have entered some type of universe no, that I, am, I am, no, cannot get out you. of. thank you. At age 14, June and Jennifer's parents and teachers were concerned about the girls' development. They decided it was going to be best to separate the twins by sending them to different boarding schools to encourage so- socialization, obviously mm-hmm. with other kids, mm-hmm. but it backfired dramatically because the twins became catatonic and completely withdrawn until they were eventually reunited again. Oh my gosh. So when they were eventually reunited, reunited they spent years isolating themselves in their bedroom they engaged in elaborate plays with dolls they created many plays and stories in a sort of soap opera style and some of them they would read out loud on tape and give them to gifts or give them as gifts to their sister rose then during the christmas of 1979 they were inspired by a pair of diaries and they began their writing careers So the intense bond between them was not always good. Uh, In fact, the girls held a lot of disdain for one another and often wrote disturbing diary entries about their relationship. June once wrote that her sister was driving her insane and she feared her greatly. Jennifer expressed her own sentiments that seemed to have foreshadowed her untimely death. Jennifer claimed that they had become fatal enemies in each other's eyes. She described June as her shadow, writing, Without my shadow, would I die? Without my shadow, would I gain life, be free, or left to die? They sent away for a mail-order course in creative writing, and each kept an extensive diary and wrote a number of stories, poems, and novels. So the setting of these novels were primarily in the United States, particularly in Malibu, California, and the stories involved young men and women who exhibited strange and often criminal behavior. June once wrote a novel called Pepsi Cola Addict in which uh, a high school hero was seduced by a teacher and then sent away to a reformatory where a guard tries to hook up with him. The two girls pooled together their money in order to get the novel published by a vanity press. Their other attempts to publish novels and stories were unsuccessful. After leaving school, the girls became increasingly violent and unpredictable. They began drinking heavily, using marijuana, and often lashed out at each other physically. The twins even attempted to kill one another. June once tried to drown Jennifer in a local river, and Jennifer tried to strangle June with a radio cord. What the fuck is going on? Mm -hmm. In 1981, the girls started committing a number of crimes, including vandalism, petty theft, and arson. June and Jennifer burned down a tractor store together and caused $200,000 worth of damage. Again, this is in the 80s, so imagine how expensive yes. that would be today. Then they vandalized and attempted to burn down a local technical college. And this is what led to them being admitted to Broadmoor Hospital, which was a high security mental health uh, facility. Mm-hmm. They remained at Broadmoor for 11 years. June later blamed this lengthy sentence on their selective muteness, quoting, uh, she's being quoted as saying, "'Juvenile delinquents get two years in prison. We got 12 years of hell because we wouldn't speak. We lost hope, really. I wrote a letter to the Queen asking her to to get us out, but we were trapped.'" They were placed on high doses of antipsychotic medications. They found themselves unable to concentrate, and Jennifer had developed a neurological disorder, which resulted in involuntary repetitive movements. Their medications were apparently adjusted sufficiently to allow them to continue the diaries that they had started in 1980, and they were able to join the hospital choir, but they ended up losing most of their interest in creative writing, so their novels stopped. Okay. Then in March of 1993, a journalist named Marjorie Wallace visited Broadmoor Hospital to interview the sisters, who were about to be transferred to the Caswell Clinic, which was a lower security institution in Wales. So over tea, Jennifer calmly stated that she had decided to die so that June could live a normal life. The case became... The case became very popular due to Wallace's newspaper coverage of their story in the Sunday Times. She also later wrote a book about the two called The Silent Twins. When she visited the girls at Broadmoor for the interview, they had been carried in by guards. Wallace claimed that the girls were carried in like a plank or like a coffin on the guards' shoulders. And when they sat down, they cast their eyes to the floor. They avoided all eye contact, and they only really hyped up or like became, you know, excited uh-huh. when Wallace asked them about their creative writing. Okay. Wallace pursued the interview because the Gibbon sister story was really intriguing to her. Um, they were sent to the maximum security institution at such a young age and Wallace viewed the sentence as alarming. And Wallace said it was like condemning young children to live with rapists and murderers. Yeah. Although June and Jennifer were initially withdrawn, they eventually ended up developing a friendship with with this journalist. Okay. So, Wallace later commented that the girls' diaries revealed how their close relationship also made them feel possessed and tortured. What? Yeah. So, according to Wallace, the girls had a long-standing agreement that if one of them died, the other one had to start speaking and live a normal life. During their stay in the hospital, they began to believe that it was necessary for one of them to die, and after a lot of discussion, Jennifer agreed to make the sacrifice of her life. Oh, my God. In March 1993, the twins were transferred from Broadmoor to Caswell in Wales, which we already discussed was like a lower security institution. Right. Upon arrival, Jennifer could not be roused. She was taken to the hospital, where she died soon after of a sudden inflammation of the heart. There were no evidence of drugs or poison in her system, and her death remains a mystery. Her sister, June, yeah, right? So even though she had already told the journalists, like, I've decided to sacrifice my life. Yeah, there was no signs of foul play. No. So, or or self-infliction. Or self-infliction, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So June claimed that Jennifer laid her head on June's shoulder shortly before passing, at which point she said, at long last, we're out. These were supposedly Jennifer's last words, suggesting that her death could have been intentional, but there's no proof, no proof otherwise. That, that she
2: did anything. Yeah. Huh.
1: At the inquest, June revealed that Jennifer had been acting weird for around a day before their release. Okay. Her speech had been slurring, mm-hmm. and she had often said that she was dying. On the trip to Caswell, she had slept in June's lap with her eyes. Open. Several articles that I read said she was sleeping with her eyes wide open in her sister's lap. Weird. Right. On a visit a few days later, Wallace recounted that June was in a strange mood and said, I'm free at last, liberated, and at last Jennifer has given up her life for me.
2: Okay. Okay. I have so many questions. Right. By June, 2000,
1: there's, I, I can't answer them. I know. Sorry. I have so many by questions By June, now. 2008, June was living quietly and independently near her parents in West Wales. She was no longer monitored by, uh, by psychiatric services. She's been accepted by her community, and she has sought to put her past behind her. In 2016, there was an interview with her older sister that revealed that the whole family was deeply troubled by the girl's incarceration. The older sister blames Broadmoor for ruining their lives and for neglecting Jennifer's health, the one who passed away. Right. She wanted to file a lawsuit against Broadmoor, but the parents refused to, saying that even if they sued and won, it's not going to bring back it's Jennifer. Not matter, so, what yeah. does it matter? Mm hmm. Um, the last like anything to do with these girls other than June is now living quietly and on her own Mm. and living a somewhat normal life as much of a normal life as she can. Yeah. um, Is that a Polish filmmaker is set to direct a feature film with the twins as the subject starring uh, the Black Panther actress Letitia Wright. Oh, that'll be interesting. So I will definitely be watching
2: that movie. And that's the story of the silent twins. So, I mean, all I can think is that Jennifer obviously had a cognitive, mental, like some sort of disability of some kind that was like undiagnosed or not. Yeah. Like, and then probably through her, she was maybe just being influenced, like her, the other sister was being influenced by her. Could she be. wanted to, I mean, they probably had a, a twin connection regardless. Right, right. So, like, and grew up next to each other. They probably had each mm-hmm. other's back.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um,
2: so she probably didn't want her to feel different, mm-hmm. and just did whatever the hell she wanted her to do. Like yeah. whatever whatever yeah, yeah. Her twin was doing, she just did too. Right. I, I
1: I mean, I don't know. I don't know. From what I've heard or from what I'm I'm seeing, it seems like the. Um, the institution where they were at was like super neglectful. So, I mean, they could have definitely, I mean, I don't know, like they could have definitely come up with some type of plan, obviously. Um, but yeah, just craziness there. Um, and I got all of my information from the, uh, from NPR, from the Sunday times and from Wikipedia and, um, a ranker article as well.
2: Cool. Yeah, I mean, I wish there was a better closure on that. Some closure there, yeah, Yeah. for sure. (laughs) Okay, so I am going to be doing the story of the Springer and Lewis twins. So obviously, they don't have the same last name, and there's a good reason for that. So I am getting my story from a New York Times article titled twins reared apart a living lab by edwin chen so this is a story of The identical twins, James Arthur Springer and James Edward Lewis, who were reunited last February after spending all but the first four weeks of their 39 years apart. And they discovered that despite their long separation, their lives had been astonishingly similar, aside from sharing the same given name. So obviously you'll notice their both names are James. Their Mm -hmm. parents did not give them the name James. Right. Um, So the Springer family would have liked to adopt both boys but for some reasons unclear they were told that the other twin had died during birth
1: interesting
2: which I don't understand why but the second boy was adopted two weeks later by Jess Lewis Lima Public School boiler man and his wife Lucille okay um, when the Lewises completed their adoption papers one Miami County probate, court official gasped that's what the springers named their son too so as Uh, early on in life they were already sharing things kind of mm -hmm. out of the ordinary hence their first names names. without even being like they didn't know that the other one was named james right so Jim Springer was in his teens when he was told that his twin brother had died at birth. Okay. So he was told as well, because that's what his family thought. Right. And then Jim Lewis, however, learned at age six that he was a twin and that his brother had been adopted by another family. His mother, Lucille Lewis, um, who had since remarried and now goes by the name of Lucille Cheney. Began to encourage him to look for his long-lost brother, but he procrastinated. (laughs) So finally, last January, he went to court and started the proceedings. And on February 9th, the reunion took place. When they met, the brothers shook hands stiffly when they saw each other for the first time. They then hugged and burst into laughter. I looked into his eyes and saw a reflection of myself, Springer recalled. I wanted to scream or cry, but all I could do was laugh. Imagine having, like your whole life thinking that your sibling is, is dead. dead and then they're actually that'd be a nice surprise yeah but also like you'd be a little bit pissed that why would someone make, why would someone say that yeah. he died at childbirth? I don't Never get that. Know. Anyway. Anyway, so upon this reunion, they realized that they had an eerie amount of similarities between them. Okay. So here is the list of similarities that they uncovered themselves, basically. And okay. then later on, they went even further Ooh, okay. like, like doctors study these guys Ooh. because they were like, this is... F- Wild, this connection here. Okay. Um, So first of all, they each married and then divorced a woman named Linda. The same Linda, or just two different women? Just two, two different them. women Still named Linda. Weird. Yeah. Both married and divorced. Their Could second. You... <laughs> Wait, it gets better. So sorry. I'm sorry. What? What a stupid question for me to ask. As if Linda, if it was one woman, wouldn't have known
1: known that the that other one was twins. married. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Keep going.
2: <laughs> the. There's a second part of this is even crazier. Their second wives were both named Betty. Oh, okay. I mean. That's fucking weird. That's fucking weird. Yeah. So Springer named his first son, James Allen. Lewis named his first son, James Allen. Shut up. Yes. Shut up. Yes. Okay. Each man grew up with an adopted brother named Larry. So the
1: parents named both of their sons the same name. Yeah. I don't know if they were older
2: sons or younger sons, but yes. But what I'm saying the is both had sets the of
1: parents both named a son named Larry and they both named one of their sons James. Yes. A whole, okay. Okay. Yes. There's
2: more? Yeah. Oh my God. I know. During childhood, each owned a dog named Toy. What? Yeah. Who names, like, that's
1: not a normal, if somebody was like, oh yeah, you know, our our dog like that was is no not a normal dog name, name. whatever spike spot whatever. No. that is not a typical name for a dog and like
2: you'd be like oh the, the obviously these um parents kept in contact and were trying to like no. keep their life similar but no they thought he was dead so they wouldn't right, have been able to right 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 oh my god so both twins had law enforcement training and had worked part-time as deputy sheriffs in their ohio town 70 miles apart
3: plus
2: okay they shared many common interests such as mechanical drawing block lettering and carpentry okay specifics very specific both said their favorite school subject was math their least favorite, spelling okay and they vacationed at the same three block long beach near st petersburg florida Both getting there and back in a Chevrolet. And they never met. Never met. Oh my God. And then their smoking and drinking patterns were nearly identical, which I feel is like a genetic kind of thing, like predisposition towards like maybe yeah, but maybe they
1: mean like the same brand of
2: cigarettes, the same brand of beer, or whatever. Sure. Right? Yeah, maybe. Like, so you'd think that the similarities would stop there, but it honestly gets oh even god. further. Oh my god. So the twins were tickled. This is really blowing our minds, said Springer. Just unbelievable. It's weird. It's downright spooky. We even use the same slang, Lewis added. A lot of times I'll start to say something and he'll finish it. Researchers said that when asked about this phenomenon, that identical twins are known to have remarkably similar brain waves, which may contribute to the perception that such twins think alike. Doctors and scientists were equally surprised by the findings. If someone else brought this material to me and said, this is what I've got, I'd say I didn't believe it, said psychologist Thomas J. Bouchard Jr., director of the Minnesota Study of Twins Reared Apart Project, a team that gathered to look into Springer Lewis and other twins separated in childhood. Okay. The probability of two people independently being given the same name is not that rare, but when you start to compound the coincidences, they become highly unlikely very quickly in fact i'm flabbergasted by some of the similarities he said
1: yes because like let's like let's just say james was a very popular name of course sure it was right? the number one baby name that right, year or whatever. whatever it'd be like meeting two michaels like very common name but the other thing but the betty
2: linda larry betty linda larry allen and, and toy toy, toy like, alone are like insanely crazy yeah that's too much right so Um, among the medically significant findings in the study of Springer and Lewis is a form of headache called mixed headache syndrome, a tension headache that turns into a migraine. It has long been thought to be without genetic basis, but scientists now postulate that heredity may be a factor in this vise-like pain caused by muscle contractions, the most common type of headache. Mm -hmm. Um, So Springer and Lewis both have peculiar elements to their headaches, said Dr. Leonard Heston. The syndrome began at age 18 for both okay each gets it with the same degree of disability and the same frequency and they used almost identical words to describe it okay
1: that that to me would be explainable because it like of genetics like that wouldn't be sure uh, yeah strange you, like, to me but there's what there's i know that previously in the article
2: they were saying it wasn't thought to have been genetic prior right but This does study does make is it strange this study but, has basically said like this now has led us to conclude that this that is a genetic it is genetic yeah, yeah. yeah Yeah. Holy shit. Um, so they're saying that dealing with stress may be far more biological than we in the field have realized, said Dr. Joel R. Saper, director of the Michigan Headache and Neurological Institute in Ann Arbor, after learning about the twins' headaches. We may be dealing with biological programming here. That is, people may be born with a code that gives them a tendency to respond in a certain way to external or environmental factors. These twins may have opened up a fascinating new avenue as investigators progress into springers and lewis's lives researchers are cautiously phrasing new hypotheses about physical growth and in the aging process they have discovered for example that the six foot tall brothers suddenly and without explanation each put on 10 pounds previously in adulthood Hmm. remember this proves nothing warned heston but what you have to think about is is their genetic programming of major life changes that often has been suspected so like when you start to gain weight, is there a genetic response to that age range yes. in your DNA? Basically. Right. They also found that they both have suffered from hemorrhoids nice, and have identical high blood pressure readings and pulse rates and have the same sleep patterns. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And they both bite their fingernails right down until there's nothing left. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> and after reading this story, I too have bitten my fingernails right down to the knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> um so I mean, I think that there's a mix here of both scientific and paranormal type. Um, yeah, like explanations to these similarities. Yes, yeah, scientific for
1: sure. but then again, there are things that are like environmental that would not be considered scientific at all. Like, no, absolutely The names not. of their wives, et cetera. We've got like yeah. still. Wow. So
2: I mean, that wasn't the longest one, but it, I, I, there was just so many similarities wow, in these that's ones. So fascinating that I was like, every single one, I was like, "What? Holy shit!" Yeah. So, yeah, that's the story of this wow. of Springer and Lewis, and like, so they basically opened up this gateway to this twin research program, and so yes. they have like all these other studies case studies now on twins like i think there's said there was 80 different twins that they were studying to wow. see their similarities and how all of, all of the different aspects yeah, of their yeah. of their twin like sim like similarities yes. how they connect if they can connect them scientifically or not. Wow. Um I mean some of this stuff is obviously seems like it's a genetic thing, but mm-hmm. I guess previous to that they never considered it twins to have those genetic similarities. Right. Other than right. their their appearance. Right. Wow. Um so yeah. Crazy. That was that <laughs> so I'm really excited though for our fuck mary kill this yeah. episode because naturally we're gonna do some twins famous sets of famous twins. fucking twins famous fucking twins. <laughs> or maybe twins you don't know about i don't know but they're famous yeah we some know some of them.
1: them i was like i didn't know they were a twin
2: yeah no absolutely i uh i agree i really wish people knew ashton kutcher's twin more so that we can yeah, use them but i know because i just love ashton kutcher i know kutcher kutcher <laughs> My man. So I'm going to go with, um, Tegan and Sarah. Okay. Joel and Benji Madden. Okay. And Angel
1: and Aaron Carter. So Angel and Aaron Carter are getting moitered. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Did I ever tell you, this is a funny story that I'm going to include on the show anyways. Okay. Aaron Carter followed me on Twitter once. I knew that. And then I didn't follow him back. Because that's and, weird that he even followed you. And then he with. unfollowed me and followed me again. <laughs> so he pulled like the whole high school MSN thing when you're like, I cry. was like, why is this man following me and unfollowing me? I'm still not going to speak with him. Like, anyway whatever so that's a funny story so they they're gone sorry angel i don't know you yeah but um gone um tegan and sarah and joel and benji T- i will marry tegan and sarah because they seem just like Lovely the sweetest people. angels and, and make i will, fire beats yeah and i will um fulfill my deepest darkest emoist <laughs> fantasies in high school and have sex with the madden twins
2: yes. <laughs> I agree on all fronts, but like looking at picture of Joel and Benji Madden today, today? I'm like, yes. "What were we thinking?" But I'm gonna
1: picture them as I saw them when I first saw them in high school. Yeah, during the lifestyles of the rich and the famous phase. Best fucking and, and i was obsessed. Deal with that. We
2: I, we met. I'm very cool. I met them at Warp Tour. Wow, so. impressive. <laughs> also, I just want to say that the Benji twins, ben, uh, the Madden twins. Sorry, the Benji twins, the, the Madden Ma- twins, picked very. Elegant interesting. Spaces.
1: yes I, I would say interesting choices because it never really lined up their like, lifestyles to me
2: like yeah. i you know but yeah like they the did. genre of the yeah. women that they ended up with seemed very yeah. classy in comparison to really? their their kind, well, did they? i mean cameron diaz, <laughs> cameron diaz yes i I'm, I'm thinking sorry you know what cameron diaz absolutely and nicole richie's pretty yeah like, i mean she in the simple life she wasn't exactly classy that's what i when i think of nicole richie that's what i think of but you're but right
1: today, today she is
2: a woman she is a woman yeah she is she is and, lovely and is very astute follow. yes and has a really funny you're right funny, you're right i i was i misspoke you're correct okay i agree I'm, i am correct you as, are. As always. and by the way the simple life was so fucking entertaining so
1: entertaining the greatest show the i watched every episode we
2: basically are um the podcast version of i don't Paris think so. and Nicole. i can't i can't give myself the credit but that's okay <laughs> i'm going to because i'm a leo and i'm gonna <laughs> hype us up all day okay my twins okay. are tia and
1: tamara Maori. mm-hmm uh, Dylan and Cole Sprouse, mm-hmm. and Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Ooh, those are good ones. Yeah, I know, right? Because you want to keep them all. Oh. Like, who can we kill out of
2: all of them? I'm going to kill Tia and Tamara. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Just because, to me, they're just not as relevant to me right now I guess so so I just feel like it wouldn't bother me if any of if, I mean I, I do yeah, like yeah. them like they were my childhood it's rough because I yeah I i feel like I love them and I love the Olsen twins because they
1: had such an impact on my I life I just could
2: not kill the Olsen twins I
1: couldn't because they they had such an impact on my life yeah
2: but anyway sorry I've hijacked go ahead it's okay it's okay um and I would definitely um bang Dylan and Cole Sprouse. yeah just. Because I Mm -hmm. never watched that because it was out like, uh, the Sweet Life. I never watched it. It was a little bit, uh, young for the age age when it came out, Yes, but they have since grown into lovely young men men. and I am obsessed with, um, Dylan and Barbara Pavlin. So however you say your last Mm -hmm, name, mm -hmm. but I think that they're an adorable couple. And Mm -hmm. I was also obsessed with Cole and Lily until they broke up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sad about that. That was a Leo Virgo couple that I was really rooting oh, for. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I would... And then you'd marry the Olsen twins. I would marry the Olsen twins just because I feel like I'd be very well taken care of. I feel like I would switch.
1: I would probably kill marry the Olsen twins, oh, yeah, okay. which is shocking to me because okay. I. I had, like, an unhealthy obsession with the Olsen twins where I, like, did you ever watch their show Two of a Kind? Yeah. I also had their book series Two of a Kind. I did, too. Like, I was, like, subscribed. I did too. Okay, great. So we're on the same page. Yeah, like, the, like their boat I, event,
2: or maybe it was the detective ones, whatever they were. I had those two, yeah. yeah. Two yeah. of a Kind were, like,
1: the novels that were based off the TV show, and then... They they also had
2: the mystery series. Okay, maybe I just had the mystery they, series. They, I had them like I was obsessed with that So you're but, saying to cut your toxic toxic obsession, you need to kill them.
1: Uh yeah, and also like I just I don't know I I ooh, this like I just as they grew up, yeah. I was like these girls are fucking weird. Like there's something going but, on. But I mean, how weird. aren't you gonna like, be weird? Honestly, then, like because her sister's like normal and she wasn't like a a child star no it's true but but then tia and tamara seem so lovely like they seem like such like a down-to-earth set of twins who had their success Mm -hmm. but they were like we're also still very normal and i think i would rather be married to somebody like that than than somebody who has a cigarette themed wedding which was a real (gasps) thing that mary kate did that is true that is true i mean
2: i don't want a cigarette themed wedding and that is my reason for killing the awesome that is fair i'll give you can have that and i'm i still feel like it would just be going against my morals and values to kill them like you stand by that i feel like i made a blood pact with them when i was younger or something that i just can't can't do it anyway oh my god (laughs) so yeah all right guys well um What else we got? Do we have any announcements? Do we have the Patreon giveaway? Patreon giveaway. We have an exciting episode next week. We have a very special guest. Very special guest Um, next week. She was a lot of fun to talk to.
1: She was awesome. Like the coolest girl, like the coolest, coolest woman, like coolest woman, super cool. Um, and very funny. So. Very hilarious. Yes. I
2: wish she could have just done like a stand-up routine for us. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like she had like some great one liners just coming yes. out. But yes. um so awesome. yeah, be prepared for that episode mm-hmm. next week. Also, um, just want to update you guys, our November Q&A will be happening November 5th. We are doing a special Q&A that will be available to all patrons this time, so mm-hmm. anyone at any tier will be able to join us for this Um this live Q and a also we will be doing it through YouTube live, yeah. um, rather than Google Hangouts, which we did last time. This will allow us to record the episode, uh-huh. the Q and a so that our patrons will get it at, we'll be able to upload it and share it after. Yeah. So if you are not currently a patron and you want to go and join us on a live Q and a, um, you are literally, you can donate at any level and, uh, as little as a dollar a month <laughs> to support <a> Maria Nicolina. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we'll see you guys on November 5th. Hopefully. Yeah. And it'll be probably the same time. Yeah. 730 Eastern. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We will post the time and date and links yeah. and all that on Patreon, Patreon, yeah, Patreon. Woo. Dope. So excited. All right, guys. Well, that that's showbiz, it. baby. And stay spooky. Bye. Bye. If you like this episode of Paranormal, we need your help. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple. And if you listen to us on Spotify, go ahead and click the follow button. Even better, you can
1: donate to us on Patreon, where you can access bonus content and members-only merch. To support your favorite spooky duo, go to patreon.com paranormalpod.
2: And for show updates and giveaways, be sure to follow us on Instagram at ParanormalPod. And remember, stay stay spooky.
3: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?